Welcome back to the SBS Sports Talk Show presented by the Sports Business Society at UVA. We have a special abbreviated send-off episode for Mike, a Mike and Mike, if you will, both literally and figuratively. Uh, so we're going to have a quicker episode today. Um, I'm here in Connecticut with Mike post-Eagles-Giants game. It was a fantastic football game. We're going to talk a lot of football today um, as we gear up towards the postseason. Uh, make sure you listen to this at 1.5 times speed. Hit it. We like sports and we don't care who knows. I'm shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. So, good to be here from my humble abode in Connecticut. Feels good to be home. Um, I don't know about you, Mike, but it was nice to get out of finals. Um, so, what do you got for me for your job then, Mike? So, this is about a week old, uh, at this point, but it still is worth talking about how John Carlos Stanton was traded by, oh, Derek Jeter. Ima- imagine that. Derek Jeter, yeah, he owns a baseball who team, he, kind of. For? Oh, I, I think he played for a lot of years for the New York Yankees and is kind of like their like they're, they're one of the greatest players of all time. Or, yeah, and yeah. New York all the way, you know, like career, every embodies every. So, so where did... John Carlos Stanton end up. Yeah, so Jeter buys this team in, in Florida, because I guess Jeter lives in Tampa, even though Miami is not Tampa. Tampa. Um, and he buys this team because he wants to get into ownership. It's what all great people do. LeBron will do it. And he guts the team, holds their team's generational player hostage, MVP, actually, 59 home runs in a ginormous stadium. And he trades him to, huh, the Yankees. Oh, and, oh, and, that makes sense. And, oh, the Yankees, great farm system, right? They're loaded. The return for the Marlins? None of those guys. None of the loaded guys? They just they just bought Giancarlo Stanton, and the Marlins kicked in another $30 million. And that was basically it. So now the Yankees have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. They didn't give up anything to get Stanton. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not thrilled. Oh, I think this is going to flip the uh... – Power to the Yankees in, in the AL, um, probably even the, the MLB, right? Not even, they've got to be easy favorites to win the, the – is the pitching – pitching was their issue this year, right? So, I mean, I guess it didn't really solve any issues with pitching. But that lineup – oh, God, dude, that Sanchez, lineup. Sanchez, too, you know they're in on Machado. Uh, they'll probably be in on Bryce Harper when he's a free agent next Gardner year as at well. at the top of the lineup. Yeah, right? Gardner – you don't know what they're going to do with their lineup. They may hit Judge leadoff. I, I don't know, but they – they're scary because that's a small stadium to begin with. Right. Uh, between Judge and Stanton, you could have two guys that potentially hit 60 home runs. I mean, it probably won't happen. They'll never both do it in the same season. But, I mean, it's gotten really scary. And if you're the Red Sox, not that it's about them, but, I mean, right. now all the, but it's all these other teams in the American League now have to answer because the Yankees just got that much better. The bullpen's still there. Uh, the starting pitching does need a little bit of help. They did lose out on Shohei Otani, who Mike cor- correctly predicted. Uh, of course. It w- was it ever in doubt? Uh, I mean, you, you were smart enough to get it down to one of the better options, and uh, he really felt that connection with the Angels. Was there any coincidence that the Eagles were there the day that he announced he was signing? Yes. Yeah, he wants, to be, he wants to be part of a – no, no coincidence. He wants to be part of a winning culture, and he embodied that with the Eagles. But no, I – the Yankees, though, it, it's amazing, though, that, and obviously this is not a vetoable trade. The Marlins want to rebuild under new ownership, which stinks for their fans because, you know, they've gone through this more times than any other like five franchise. times in the last yeah. 10 years. And you go, yeah, you go from a terrible, cheap owner to an owner that has some real players and just 
guts them all immediately because yep. the team really isn't there. Obviously, the Jose Fernandez loss was huge for that franchise, really uh, setting them back with their current roster. But, you know, for the Yankees to go out, and the amazing thing is, oh, Giancarlo, they give him this ridiculous contract, $325 million over 13 years. It's a lot of years. It's a lot of years, a lot of money per year, and they give him this no-trade clause. And this is all the past ownership. So then when the current ownership comes in, they are you know, completely you know, leveraged. Know. Yeah, so the Marlins had the option and tried to get him to go to teams where they got much better returns the, for themselves. The Giants and the Cardinals yeah. were both teams that and, got beat out, right? And I think they were both accepted, and he said, I'm just not going yeah. there. And at that point, there's nothing you can do. And Jeter tries to strong arm him and says, I'll just trade everyone away and keep you here so you'll be a loser for your whole career. But ultimately, that I doesn't pretty, work. I was pretty messed up. I mean, yeah, that almost sounds like tampering. And right. then and then you get to the point where, you know, financially for the Marlins, it makes way more sense for them to get, you know, almost all of this contract off of their books because now they can just really go into rebuild mode. They already traded another one of their all-star D. players. D. Gordon and Marcelo Zuna, who's even better than D. Gordon. I don't know. Oh, I only know D. Gordon. Yeah, it, he hit that home run after uh, Jose Fernandez. Yeah, and uh, and then who knows what they'll do with Christian Yelich now, who's also a really good good player. Well, so do you think this means that the Sox are going to overspend for Machado? Are they going to try and get him, keep him in the AL East? Because uh, hasn't third base, you know, always been their one of their weak points? With, with, you know, they spent the money on Pablo Sandoval and he turned out to be hot garbage lit on fire again. Yeah, well, they have this young guy who's really good. He's playing third base, Rafael Devers. That's not Oh, the I problem. forgot about Devers. Yeah, yeah, he's good. So he's there. I think the overspending part, though, is more interesting because uh, mm-hmm. there was a report that they wanted to go after both Eric Hosmer for first base and J.D. Martinez for an outfield or D.H. spot. Which that could be extremely pricey, um, and those are really moves. I thought where, they missed out on Martinez. No, he's still he's still around as of now. So they that's what could Shows be the, what I know. Yeah, it could <laughs> be the reaction from them, and you might see it throughout the league. Obviously, not as direct with teams outside of the AL East, where they want to go out, and now the Red Sox are like, you know, we're playing from behind on this team yeah. that was already at least in the postseason better than us. Um, the Red Sox did win the division last year, but I mean, they really just added an MVP caliber player, you know, to add to a young lineup that's only getting better. Um, and they still have, you know, the money and they didn't give up any of their prospects. So they still have the money and the personnel to go out and get even better capital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that Jeter is, you know, Oh, coincidentally, I just trade Stan to my former team for, for nothing. What a plan. Yeah. Oh yeah. Retire. Wait five years. Go buy a team, and then just trade all your your best player to your former team. And yeah, I bet I bet you he's getting paid under the <laughs> the Marlins are a farm system for the Yankees <laughs> now that Jeter is in charge. All right, Mike, drop the mic. So this past Sunday, uh, the what date was that? The seventeenth, because we've missed two Sundays now. But there were some pretty weird endings to some football games. Um, notably, the two later games, the Pats Steelers, the four twenty five game. You have that uh, that. Tight end catches the ball at like the, the two yard line while he's going down to the ground. Knee hits the ground, extends, ball hits the ground, kind of wobbles. Definitely wobbles. Definitely wobbles. Five minute review. Game gets a pass that's called incomplete. Uh, game pretty much over at that point. Or not no, over. No. But then, right, so then the Steelers have 28 seconds left. It's second and goal. They. Move down the. They move down to like the three or four yard line. Inbounds. Right? Inbounds. Clock's running. 
12 seconds left. Big Ben. Looks like he's going to snap. Ooh, the, I'm going to pull it there, Marino. Like he's going to fake he's spike the ball. He fakes it. The Pats being the Pats are just, you know, kind of ready for it. Uh, I, I don't know who, who he was targeting on the inside. Was it Eli Rogers? I or think it was Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers cutting across the middle. He throws the ball late over the middle. I mean, that's just a recipe for a disaster. You know you're never supposed to do that. Eric Rowe, former Eagle great, was waiting for that one, um, puts his hand in there. Ball pops up in the air. Random guy on the on the Pats. I forget his name. One of the safeties. Intercepts it. Game over. Pats, Pats win 27-24. NFL's rigged. Okay, moving on. Sunday, uh, the Sunday night game, right? This is honestly one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And you knew it was weird because uh, the way the ref reacted. So it was what? It was the fourth fourth quarter, like three minutes left, right? Yeah, fourth down. Fourth down. 40-yard line, own 40. Dak sneaks the ball. We're talking about the Raiders and the, the Raiders Cowboys, Cowboys game, 17-17. 17-17, right? Dak sneaks the ball, does a little second effort push. Um, ball gets spotted real close. The first down was at the 40-yard line. Ball, mm-hmm. Real close. This also is added. There's a review on the spot, the play before that, too. So just... Fact yeah, they reviewed the cha- Raiders won the challenge. It was a bad spot, so we just oh, had right. yeah, just yeah. had a review. Right. This is like the this is like a ten minute stretch. We've had two pretty much reviews. Two plays have been run. It's been going slow. The nose of the football is like barely at the forty. So they bring the chain links out, and they're talking about you know the chain links aren't that accurate. You know they they've been moving a little bit. So they come out. And it is literally the closest thing that I've been watching football for 15 years. I have never seen a ball that was as close as this to the link. I I was questioning myself, like, what part actually means, like, what part of the link actually means it's a first down. He's the right, one of the rest. No, they had no clue. The, they no, they're, the, looking, they're looking at this, and they were like, they, they, were so they saw what we saw <laughs> on TV, and we were like, they don't know if it's a first down or not. So the ref wasn't holding the chain, the like marker directly upright, so that made it look like it wasn't a first down. Gene Steratore is just, he's looking around at his at his ref mates. He's, he has no idea. So he goes down there. He's he. This is like the third or fourth time he's down there. He has, He just doesn't know. He so, he's he, like, this is on national TV <laughs> with two ginormous fan bases. What am I gonna do? Both their seasons are on the line. He whips out a double folded <laughs> piece of paper. <laughs> Who knows what's on that paper? He tries to put it between the marker and the football. Is unable to do so. First down. Comes up. He comes up, and camera gets a great, a great shot of him. He's just grinning to himself because he's like, "I just made that shit up out of nowhere." <laughs> then he comes up, calls it a first down. Jack Del Rio is going ballistic. Jason Garrett's over there just clapping away, the- just clapping away because that's all Jason Garrett does. And I, I, we we were just looking at each other and we were just laughing like we had never seen something. And it, it kind of there's actually something serious that comes out of you know this discussion is that. Probably the least accurate part of the game in the NFL that's left, one of the you know penalties being the other one, is you know one of the most important parts of the game, and and there has to be a better way for the NFL. I know they like you like the idea of moving the chains and you know being on the field, that part of it, you know leaving it up to the rest, but there has to be a better way to do this than you know a chain link. I don't even know what you call it. It's just using a piece of paper right, exactly. to determine first down. 
I, that to me is an extreme inexact science and it comes up and matters to a significant amount so rarely. But I mean, that is the difference in a game like right. we saw last night. Um, I mean, no, it, it's really strange. Also in that game, it ends on a touchback, which was a fumble outside the end zone. The ruling on that one was clear. No debate yeah. on what happened. Derek Carr fumbled on a scramble that, you know, could have won them the game. They also could have just kicked the field goal. The clock was winding down there, down by three. Also a really weird weird rule that if you fumble it out of the end zone, the other team gets the ball at the 20-yard line just automatically. So there are some weird things. Going back to what might be the most impactful play of the 2017 NFL regular season, 256 games. I think the most impactful game of the season when it all is said and done is that Patriots-Steelers game. And that the catch rule rears its ugly head again. Um, I mean, by the rule, it's hard to say that's a catch, but by your eye, that's a catch. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough situation to be in because you want to be able to call that a catch, but the ball hits the ground and he doesn't control it. So like why is that a catch? Like why do you think, you know, by eyesight that's a catch? Because from what I was looking at was he used if the he used the ground to try and control the ball. Right? So when you do that, you give up the right to let the ball bobble. I, I mean the rule is the rule and like I'm not disputing. I mean I saw it live um, on TV, obviously, and, and I'm, oh, it's a touchdown. I'm going crazy. You know, I, huge implications in this game because if the Patriots lose, Steelers get the one seed, and if the Jaguars were to win their last two games, which are looking pretty good, the Patriots would fall all the way to third. Now the Patriots are in pole position for number one. So huge difference there because we know how different New England is on at home versus on the road in the playoffs. Um, but to me, it kind of goes right back to that Des Bryant catch, but this one just even more clear that it is a catch because it, it – it wasn't that he used the ground to control the ball. To me, he had control, and he he had it, and his knee was down, and he says, I'm not touched. Let me reach for the end zone. But it's all kind of in one motion. And when he does that, and it, the ball slams on the ground, and it bobbles, and I mean, that's, that's the rule. But to me, he, he has it. Like, if you watch the replay, the ball is in his hands. He is under complete control of the football. And then I'm going to extend it across the goal line, and then it bobbles, and then it's an incomplete pass. Right, but I think the the, the biggest, you know, clear cut is that he doesn't. That's all one motion, right? It he, kind of he, is. he did that all in the motion of catching the ball. But it kind so he of needs is. to finish the catch. But it, when he, but is it one so motion? Here's what I'm saying. If he had caught the ball, right, standing up, not going to the ground, and then Doe reached out, and the ball hit the ground. And came out. That's a touchdown. Yeah. That's but because he's going to ground when he catches the ball, right? It makes sense that when you're in a play that there's so much likelihood that the ball bobbles when you hit the ground, right? You should have to control the ball through when you're falling for it to be ruled a catch. I mean, that you have a good interpretation of the rule, but to me, it's that I understand that he was going down and it's different if he was on his feet, but. He had control so clearly that he was able, like the the reaching out was a separate movement, and I thought it should have been. It's just it's a crazy like to your to your eye live even on the replay like oh he had it and he definitely bobbled it when he was extending, but I mean no your interpretation of the rule is correct. I mean I don't know how much more 
there's to say about this, well, but it's something that they have to review because it's become an extremely controversial yes. rule. And it's complicated and it's hard yeah. it's hard to figure out. I think there's one more thing I'd like to say is if you were to call this, you know, a separate motion, when you're going to the ground, then reaching out, you would lose the ability to, to have that idea of going to the ground and containing the ball all the way through the ground. You lose that you know, ability to have that rule for a, a lot of plays because players would just be able to, to try and make a football move, reach out on any play, right? And then all of a sudden, there's no – you going to the ground has stopped because you've reached out the ball. Yeah, I think it would be more of a judgment where – like in this case, it seemed pretty clear that he had it, and it really wasn't part of the catch process. It was he caught it, and then he reached. But yeah, now I, I don't know what they're going to do to change it because I mean, they the NFL's definition of a catch is very strange, but it has to be there has to be some definition of it. Um, and I I don't know if they have the right or the wrong one, but I mean, they've been there's been some real controversy over it. Um, and I mean, it was extremely impactful. Uh, this past week. Yeah, I, I assume that the two major rule changes this, this offseason will be a, a catch change and a targeting rule. Targeting rule is definitely coming, no. yeah. Man, we'll see if they'll ever update the chain the chain gang uh, Probably science. Not. Too. Probably not. Yeah. All right, let's move on into the game that we attended. Great view for the Philadelphia Eagles, improving to 11 or 12 and 2, excuse me, and clinching a first round buying the NFC playoffs. Carson Wentz, no Carson Wentz. Nicky franchise, a lot of Nick Foles jerseys in the stadium. Um, tight game. Giants really gave the Eagles an effort. Nice division battle there um, in Nick Foles' first start. Mike, we had a great time at the game. Uh, what was your, your reaction to the Giants falling to 2-12 and 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 helping themselves secure the number two pick in the draft? They're almost no, there. We're, we're, we're real close. And, uh, Mike, I'd just like to say thanks for coming up. It was, it was a ton of fun. I'm glad you got to enjoy the game. Um, you know, that was the game that I wanted to see. I wanted to see the Giants play well. And aside from special teams, you know, there were three or four blunders on special teams. The Giants played well. And, you know, the offense finally kind of got their groove back. The defense was put in a lot of tough situations with short fields. And that's kind of why you saw that many points given up. But there was a time where the defense was, I think it was two straight in the first quarter, they, they three and outs for the, for the Eagles. Um, you know, calls go here and there. I was really angry about the, uh, I was super angry. I was real, really angry about the, I, I went I went to, to try and find the rest as they were walking <laughs> off the field. That's how angry I was um, about the no PI call. Um, you know, looking back on it, I still think it was an off or a defensive PI. We're talking about the, the Evan Ingram throw, a catch, tr- attempted catch in the back of the end zone on fourth and goal. I think Ronnie McLeod held his right his Corey right Graham. Arm, Corey Graham held his right arm down. But throughout the course of a game, you're going to get calls here and there that go your way, that don't go your way. Eagles, you know, they won that game, Marin Square. But uh, we talked about this: is that either I, I know it's a divisional game, but I think the Giants exposed the way to beat the Eagles, and that is an up tempo. Quick striking offense, and we te- we 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 just didn't frankly didn't have you know the defense or special teams to back that up. But when you run into a team like the Vikings or the Saints that has that the, those defense and special teams, it, it's going to be hard for the Eagles. Um, and I'll let you chime in on why you think this is, but it's going to be hard for the Eagles, you know, to to show the dominance that they have in getting to twelve and two this year. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't think that. 
the Eagles had, you know, it was a good look for the Eagles yesterday. Obviously, defense, I mean, the Giants offense has been so anemic all season long. But I have to say, both of the times that the Giants played the Eagles this year, um, back way in September and then yesterday, they used a very similar offense, and I think they game plan pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of take out the Eagles' D-line. I think Brandon Graham got one sack in there. Uh, they got a sack on the two-point conversion, but that was really it. Um, not a ton of pressure. Um, and that's really a good way to do it. And, you know, the Giants, not like they have these great receivers. I mean, Ingram and Shepard are, are good in the intermediate and short game. Um, but I think the one, the saving grace for the Eagles is is going to be that home field advantage, which they haven't clinched yet. Mm-hmm. They need to beat the Raiders at home on Christmas Day, which is Monday. Um, and if they're able to do that, I think that neutralizes a lot of the issues that you've seen from them defensively their last three games, which have all been on the road at Seattle, the Rams, and then the Giants. Um, cause I, I think for whatever reason, this is a team that's played, that just plays really, really well at home. Their home games have not been close except for that Giants game, um, early on in the season. And I have a lot of faith that they can kind of fix these issues, get the crowd noise involved. Um, so I, I that's the path for them. I mean, taking out their, their front seven and making their corners who look frankly awful for almost the entire game yesterday, um, yeah, they had, a, they had a bad game. I mean, Jalen Mills, yeah, concussion, yeah, like. yeah, Mills and Darby and Robinson's out now. I mean, you know, that making those guys beat you if you're an offense is the way to do it. I mean, they've all made plays this year, but they're really not, you know, excellent players. I think Darby can be better than he was yesterday for sure. But props to the Giants. You know, what's funny though is the game was twenty-three to twenty-one. The Giants were winning at halftime. And I almost came up to you and I said, hey, do you want to make a bet if the Giants will get to 30 this game? And Because they haven't gotten to 30 in, what, like a year and a half? And and they, they scored a touchdown, but they're down by eight. They went for two, didn't get it, and that was it. So they only put they got, up. They got a field goal block. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they ended up, ended up at 29, 29. points. And, and The streak continues. The streak <laughs> continues. Eli played very well. Obviously, that one touchdown to Sterling Shepard, egregious no-call OPI there. So that's one play it. on a third down. Yeah, you didn't see it, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I don't think it did. I think we were just running this route. I think more interesting, though, than just <sighs> this game, obviously big for the Eagles to kind of keep the driver's seat for uh, home field and also – clinch that bye because they're not winning four playoff games or three play you know they need to they need to get the bye to cut their cut their games in half is really the nfc outlook a lot of teams that were in the hunt yesterday or two teams at least lost mm-hmm. and meanwhile dallas almost lost so you had green bays effectively eliminated right seattle absolutely torched at home i mean by the rams end of an era I mean, that, that is – it's amazing. I, the Eagles beat the Rams. The Seahawks beat the Eagles and different venues, whatever. But Parody. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, Gurley with four touchdowns. It's unbelievable. He stopped after the third quarter. I was like, Tom, yeah. get back in there. I yeah. need this. Um, but it's incredible for the Rams to go and do that. So Seattle, who plays at Dallas next week, it's a huge game. Yeah. Um, I mean, so right now, you like you said, Packers lose to the Panthers, which – Really helps the Panthers. Well, yeah, they're, they're ten and they're, they're, they're ten and four now. Now you got the tiebreaker um, over over, over, a, over a lot of teams, right? Because what That's what did they do against Bay. the New Orleans? They, they lost twice, both. but they beat the Falcons. So they they at least the Falcons. right. So I mean, one of those teams is going to win the NFC South. Um, so right, you said Seahawks lose, which helps the the Cowboys get in. Yep. Falcons play tonight. They need. They I think they win. need this game. They do. I mean, it's the Buccaneers. They need they, this they, game because they finish with the Saints on the road, and then the Panthers, I think, at home. But they, they need this one. But, 
I mean, really, Green Bay. I mean, I, I did not want to see. I did not want to see Aaron Rodgers get a six seed with the Eagles at one because the Packers were one. They would have faced the Eagles, and that would have been a disaster. Um, so I was kind of happy about that. But now you're looking at Dallas could be a dangerous team getting in. Detroit is still kind of hanging around in there. I, don't uh, really, I think you'd be happy seeing. Detroit. I would love to see Detroit. I mean, they're in there. Um, at least if they were to win out, there's a chance. And then you're looking at. I think the Saints, I don't know if they've clinched yet, but they, they play the Buccaneers. They no, play they at can, home still, they the can still lose out. They can still lose, lose out and, and some stuff happens yeah. and they, they can miss. So we'll, we'll see with them. But, I mean, now you really – I think two of the more dangerous wildcard teams, the Seahawks and Green Bay, look to be eliminated. I think Carolina and Atlanta um, scare you a lot less. I think Dallas with Zeke could really, really scare you if they no. sneak in. I mean, that was – we, I had them winning the Super Bowl and before his suspension, and you had them in the Super Bowl before his suspension. I mean, that's a team you also don't want to see at the sixth seed. I mean, clutch win for them, and now Zeke's back. He's yeah, back I mean, today. especially, you know, as teams go on, you know, as it gets colder and colder, a running game is more and more important. And they have, with Zeke, the best running game in, in, in the league. Um, but so kind of, kind of moving on, another – some of the – from – what I can remember, the biggest blowouts, I for a while, you know, three big blowouts on the game on the day. That's not really you know usual. You had the Vikings win thirty four seven. You had the Jaguars put up forty five points on the Texans, and then the Rams scored one forty one to seven, and they didn't play their offensive starters after uh, <laughs> ten minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, well, when's yeah. the last time that three teams really got blown out like that? I couldn't remember the specifics because you almost blocked, you know, just right. got rid of those in your memory. But you know, all the three teams, all three teams that blew out their opponents were all are all playoff teams. Right. Two of them, the played, Vikings and the Jaguars, playing against right. very bad teams at home. Um, and then, but the Rams one's really the anomaly, and they look good. I mean, we saw them um, against the Eagles. We never even talked about Carson Wentz's injury. Um, uh, you know, because we haven't been on since then. Obviously devastating. I mean, I watched them play against the Eagles. That kind of goes back to how poorly the Eagles' defense has been playing. But obviously the Rams, you give them more of a pass than, like, the Giants. Right. Um, but they look scary. I mean, the oh. Eagles were able to score on them. They they won the game. Um, the, Carson Wentz had four touchdowns. Nick Foles got him into, you know, field goal range twice. Or one time they had good field position anyways. But, no, I mean, that's a team. They're kind of fearless. I would not be surprised seeing them. Um, get a road win in the playoffs, whether it be against the Eagles or the Vikings, and then maybe, yeah. maybe even winning two road games and going to the Super Bowl. I know it's exciting, and, and you know, kind of what I said is, you know, is it a passing of the torch? I heard heard on the radio, and kind of got me thinking is, you know, is this the end of the Seahawks' dominance in in the NFC West? And the defense is getting old. I mean, the, what seemed to be a cohesive unit. Is shredding apart before our eyes, and and the Rams look really good, really young. They've got the the dynamic duo of Goff and, and Gurley, the the double G's. Um, so is it is it the time that the Rams you know take the torch from the Seahawks? I I don't think that Goff is gonna ever be better than Russell Wilson, but I think right now where the Rams are at, and Pete Carroll's such a good coach, it's hard to bet against him, but. I think moving forward, you know, this year the the Rams are going to make the playoffs. Even if the Seahawks make, the Rams are winning the division. I think moving forward for the near future, I think the Rams are going to be the team that's favored, at least in that division. I don't know if they're necessarily going to be better than Seattle and Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll if they can get that defense back to being what it was. 
But the Rams are for real. I mean, we're looking at, you know, next couple of years with McVay and Goff and Gurley only growing, getting better. Um, you know, kind of rebuilding the roster around even more of what they want. They obviously have gotten a ton out of it this year. I mean, they won four games last year. Obviously, there's talent, but not this level of talent where they're going to go, you know, 11-5 and five or 12-4 and four and be a real threat in the playoffs. You know, if you're them, you have to love that. You may not get a bye because the Vikings and Eagles look like they're going to get it, but the quarterbacks you're going to be facing, you know, are Case Keenum and, and St. Nicholas Foles. So, um, you know, there's a real chance for them. And then, you know, the Saints are in, are in the part, you know, mm-hmm. in the conversation too. I don't see the Falcons or Panthers making a real run. And Dallas could too. But you got to like the Rams at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I think Rams might end up – they could be kind of like the Falcons of last year, really hot going into the playoffs um, and just kind of steamrolling their way through. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I'm a big Gurley fan, and, and you like to see him get a lot of touches. McVay said he was going to try and get Gurley – more touches, and he ended up with 21 carries through the first three and two and a half quarters. So, um, all right. So, you want to move on to all 267? Yeah, this uh, is this, this is, is it. This for... is pretty much it. I, I can try and send Mike my um my all 267 to see where we end up. Yeah, but I can wrap up. He's taking it away. Yeah. Last week I went 10 and six, as did he. Uh, currently, this week has not treated me so well. Uh, I've got five wins on, on the week. I have nine. So, so way better than so, five. Uh, I think, Mike, you were four games ahead of me to start, five games ahead of me to start. Sure. Um, And who do you have tonight? I, I have an incorrect. I have the Buccaneers. Oh, oh. okay. So, so yeah, I, I, I have a chance I'll, to pick up a game. I'll drop one there. But, yeah, the L267, um, you know, sometimes you got to pick some weird some weird outcomes out there. You, you pick what you don't think is going to happen. It might fall your way. I mean, picking San Francisco to beat the Titans like I did. I mean, that, those will fall your way. You know, you may not think so in August or September, but. We get to December and uh, weird stuff happens. You know, and I'm not making excuses out here, but this is my first All-267. Mike's been doing this for four or five years. That, that's not true. I'm happy with the way that I, I performed this season. Um, and, and I'll be back next season with, with a better understanding of how the All-267 works and the ins and outs, and, and I guarantee I'll win. And, and let's be real here. The more important part of this is the playoffs. Exactly. And your playoffs – I, I don't even know if yours are in good shape, but they're way in better shape than my shape because I have the Packers winning the Super Bowl. I mean, not that my sucks. fault, but they're out. Um, I have the Texans in the AFC Championship. Not my fault, but they're also out. Um, it looks like I'm going to I'm gonna get two, three playoff teams in the NFC. Um, none of the finalists in the NFC because I have Green Bay and Atlanta. Um, and then in the AFC, the Chargers let me down. They're not going to make the playoffs anymore. Unfortunately, um, so I'm going to get like three teams in the playoffs there. Give me the, the Titans, Patriots, and Steelers. I'll probably get the AFC champion right now that this, the Patriots um, snuck that game uh, yesterday. But no, I mean, at the end of the day, I think your playoffs are going to wind up a little bit better than mine. So well, I mean, I've only, that's got, worth something. I've only got one team that's a maybe in the NFC. That's the it? The Falcons. Oh, you had the Giants, Bucks, Redskins? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so maybe you're not. But then I've got, I've, got, this, I've got Pats, oh, Titans, the Steelers, yeah, and the Chiefs. Um, yeah. So the Chiefs are, are looking pretty decent right now. They control their destiny. But I also have the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl. So. Okay. At least, but at least their road is a little bit smoother yeah. than, than, the, uh, than the Packers. The Packers are basically out. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, uh, it would take some Aaron Rodgers voodoo magic for them to make the playoffs at this point. But Yeah, it would. I, I'd hope that they don't... Uh, that they do the Eagles a solid, and they, for whatever reason, decide to play him against Minnesota, and I think he's and, and he's just done. that way, because if they the Packers play on Saturday, um, 
So December 23rd, and if they win that game, then the Eagles clinch home field before they even step they out can, on the field on Christmas. And I, I don't know if they will rest their players, but it becomes a much easier game for them. All right. Um, so just wanted to give a quick thank you to all of you guys for uh, – for listening to me, uh, listening to my crappy hot takes, um, and, and letting me voice my opinions on, on a place that other people can hear. Um, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this semester that, that I've been on. Um, I hope you guys continue to listen because Mike and Nick are going to do a great job next semester. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff to talk about. There's going to be NFL playoffs. Um, and uh, NBA is going to really start kicking up. College basketball will be there. Um, so just keep listening. Um, and I will hopefully see, uh, let you guys hear my voice again, be graced with my presence, um, maybe over the summer, because hopefully Mike comes up to New York City and lives with me. Um, but, so for the final time in a while, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we love you. Yep, yep, Mike, it's great having you on. We'll be back in, I'm going to guess, early January, that's when Nick's get, Nick gets back, but... Yeah, you will you will have a spot back on here in some way or another uh, once you return. So we'll get that ironed out. So it's not a final goodbye. It's just a temporary goodbye as you travel uh, to Europe. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We like sports and we don't care who knows. I'm shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, 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 tennis, hockey, golf. The game is.